Hello again. Welcome. Welcome to another exciting episode of Curving the Divine TV. My name is Yujiro Seki, and I'm the director, writer, and the producer of the documentary Carving the Divine. Carving the Divine is about the Buddhist sculptors of Japan, and I'm ready to present it for the first time in the world. But before I do so, I thought it would be a great idea to introduce basic concept of Buddhism and the history of Buddhism so that when you guys finally watch the documentary, you guys can watch it at the maximum value. So, yes, again, he's back, our scholar now. And we always talk about the uh, Buddhist philosophy and the word philosophy as well. So, yeah, philosophy is not only, lit, uh, only for the Buddhism, but, you know, whole world. So, thank you very much So for coming back here again, Professor Peter Bolin. Welcome. Oh, it's an honor to be here, Yujiro. It's always a pleasure, and I'm especially excited about today's topic because it connects so perfectly with the work of your film, Carving Religious Art. What's it all about? Well, yes, I'm a little bit scared about it because, you know, I'm in a way that I might turn away some of the people to watch my documentary by asking this question, but I got to be brave. <laughs> Great. So today we're going to talk about the topic of idolatry. So what is idolatry? So, you know, in my film, obviously, we see a lot of uh, iconographic figures. Uh, like a statues. Uh, some of them are, are Buddhas, some of them are Bodhisattvas, some of them are called celestial beings, some of them are, are called like a Fudo Myo O, so like a, a angry, angry, angry representation of and the manifestation, manifestation of Buddha. So, uh, yes, in the Western religion, uh, especially the Jewish, Judaism and uh, the Islam, and uh, some Christianity forming imagery or statues like that is forbidden and uh, considered to be very bad. So how can I justify that? You know, <laughs> how can I tell people the difference between idolatry versus uh, no idolatry? So I don't even know where to start on this topic. So please uh, uh, help me, Professor Bolin, see me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I can help a little bit anyway, but it is a big topic, of course, isn't it? But I think, well, let's, let's start with the Ten Commandments uh, out of the Hebrew Bible, what Christians call the Old Testament. And right there in the book of Exodus, there is this list of laws, of Jewish laws, called the Ten Commandments. And the, the second one is uh, no graven images. And so in Judaism and in Islam also, they take that seriously, and there is... There is a taboo about depicting anything sacred or divine in the world of forms. So God is understood as formless and not to be limited by depiction in the three-dimensional world of objects. So there is in Judaism and in Islam not really a visual art tradition. Now, Christians, of course, adhere closely to the Hebrew Bible and the Ten Commandments, but they have a different interpretation of that passage. Christians obviously, and early on, embrace visual art and make it a core part of the Christian tradition. Uh, they would argue that they are not practicing idolatry because they aren't literally worshiping the statues. They are using art to, again, 
connect them to the sacred, connect them to the divine. But for those early Hebrews that wrote the book of Exodus, they were trying to distinguish themselves from what they called the idolatrous religions around them, like the Egyptians and the Assyrians and the Babylonians. And they all worshiped statues. In fact, more so, they believed the God lived in the statue, in the temple. And the Hebrews begin to evolve into a sky god, an invisible god. And so for them, it becomes taboo to make religious art. Uh, that's, that's been a really curious part of Western history, it really has. Great, great. So as far as a, uh, statues from my movie, so what do you think of that? Like a Buddhist statues, are they like a representation of a gods or they're just a representation that we can identify with, but you know, they are not really gods. So, uh, yeah, well, here's how I would see it, like kind of panning back and zooming back and taking in the wide view of all religiosity. And I'm including all the way back to the Stone Age. I got to say that this Jewish Islamic perspective is an outlier, is an, is an anomaly. Because throughout human history, in every culture, human beings have used art. They pick up whatever's around them, stone, wood, guys like us, you know, making films and stuff. We use whatever media we can get our hands on to represent, to represent what matters to us, our values, what's important, including the most important, right, the sacred. So Buddhists are going to use statues in the Japanese tradition and in other traditions as well, uh, in really rich and powerful ways. Are they literally worshiping the statue? That's going to vary by individual and by subset of Buddhism. It's not always idolatry. Sometimes it's just beauty. And again, it evokes something of the eternal and draws us into a deeper, more transcendent awareness. So it isn't always just as simple as worshiping a statue, right? No, I think that's an important, you know, you are really giving us important point. You know, I think some people like uh, just to think uh, something uh, black and white, right? So either you yeah. worship the uh, statue as a true God or, uh, you know, you worship God and you don't worship uh, statues. But you know, I think uh, it, it should not be uh, so simple as that. So that's what, what I think. But so... I, and I would agree with you, even in the history of Christianity, this, this issue keeps coming up because the Roman Catholic Church was in charge from, you know, 400 to 1500, say a thousand years. But in 1500, the Protestant Reformation began. And one of the things Martin Luther did was he went into the Catholic Church and he tore down all the statues. And he said, we've gone astray as Christians. We have to get back to that second commandment. We got to get rid of, this is idolatry, Luther argued. He took Christ off the cross. So, you know, Catholics have a crucifix with Jesus hanging on the cross. Protestants have an empty cross because they also want to guard against idolatry. So this is, a, this is an internal struggle in Christianity and different sects in Islam, different teachings in Islam handle it differently. Some of them are really strict. Others you know, you can find images of Muhammad in Persian art, but to depict Muhammad in Arabic art or in, say, Wahhabism is strictly forbidden. 
So there is diversity, and I never want to lose sight of that. There's diversity in Islam, in Judaism, in Christianity, and in Buddhism. We can never just simply say statues good or bad. <laughs> you know, you just you just can't boil it down like that. Great, great. I love this conversation. So we usually don't plan it that much, but you know, we have really got great conversation. So thank you so much, Professor Bolan. And uh, yeah, please tell us about how I can how we can find about you. Well, I'm all over the place, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, Facebook, my favorite. And of course, the most direct route is my website, peterboland.com. Come on by, join my mailing list, and check out my calendar. You'll see all kinds of stuff coming up. I'm doing a one-day retreat at the Chopra Center in September. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good stuff on the calendar, so that's, that's probably the best place to find out about it, is peterboland.com. Great, great. Thank you so much. And you guys, if you think this information is useful, make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and like me on my Facebook, because that's how we do it in 21st century and going forward. Thank you so much, Professor Bolin. Thank you, sir. I'll see you on the next one. Thank you.